Hello, and welcome to another episode of A Ghost in the Magazine. I'm Elle. I'm Mel. And I'm Matt. And today we are covering House of a Thousand Corpses, which was this Rob Zombie's debut? Yeah. I thought yeah. so, yeah. A good example of it, too. It basically goes on from there. Many, many other movies that are a stamp of that one, I think, for Rob Zombie. Well, and he's following the typical tropes, too. You know, stranded, crazy family, murder ensues. I mean, it works every time. Yeah, I would say that the storytelling aspect of this wasn't its strong point, but the aesthetic and the way that really they got some very interesting characters and like people that could really lean into their oddities that just, it, it worked, it carried it. No joke, dude. Bill Chop Top Mosley playing Otis Driftwood? Come on. <laughs> I mean, it's priceless. And and that's an interesting character to me because a lot of times, like, horror movies will lean on the dark, mysterious guy, but instead here's this guy who is very in-your-face and very straightforward, and he's got, like, this white blonde hair that's just straggly as shit just <laughs> coming out there. just looks like the biggest hillbilly you've ever seen. Too. It's a bad wig. It's a bad wig. <laughs> I imagine that that is what the devil would look like though mm -hmm. if he came to do the devil's work i mean he's insane looking i fucking love it <laughs> yep so the devil would be wearing perpetually an unwashed undershirt yeah yes <laughs> Speaking of unwashed, I'm looking at Sid Haig behind you. How long do you think he's had that clown makeup on for? <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are different parts of the movie where it's kind of washed off. Not washed off, but, you know, I guess brushed off <laughs> activity. So I think that's like a, a permanent installment for him. And when it gets dull, he just puts more on, but like never washes it off, I guess. Mm -hmm. The makeup was interesting, but also interesting in that, like, he obviously never takes it off. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think it's his little bow tie is awesome. Awesome. I love that thing. My favorite character, probably by far. I, mm. I think, you know, the line between good guy and bad guy adds some fun to it. The idea of the creepy curator of all this, but he also shot some bodies. So, and he had uh, Otis in the back of his car at the end. So, oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's so predictable, but so awesome. The characters are so over the top. Honestly, the acting is impeccable in this. Just the way that they can pull off the insanity based on wikipedia it says the plot centers on a group of teenagers who are kidnapped <laughs> brain wilson was never a teenager first of all second of all none of these people look like teenagers and i fucking hate chris hardwick i'm sorry mm -hmm. yeah. vibes from the beginning do you want to watch a movie where everybody's supposed to be teenagers but everybody's 35 it's a <laughs> band of the hand from 1980 six it's problematic because they have a white dude playing a native american man oh god there's so many racial slurs because it's the 80s but then they also have a uh white man playing a cuban man who's like a coke dealer and shit it's just absurd it's terrible i'm sorry to get off track but i just watched that the other day and it's fucking terrible I... so baby 35 year old white guys play everybody in the <laughs> the women the men the black guys the creatures everybody is a 35 year old white guy i'll push back on that jefferson keen from oz is in it it must be one of his first acting roles the one black guy <laughs> wouldn't be a token if there were two it wouldn't be an 80s movie either yeah but i would pick baby up i'm sorry i think maybe that is the point of baby is that she's not just pretty she's very disarming and she kind of knows how to behave in order to like 
like hook people because on top of having like kind of an innocent act she's kind of horny so you know yeah and uh was it rain wilson's significant other isn't too uh keen on baby at all which i hate that kind of shit but i'm also like looking at sign of the times because if it was me and that was my boyfriend i would wait until we were outside and then i would punch him in the dick and steal his car yeah he's I... not behaving properly no and we're to not reach over and like touch his are you feeling all right <laughs> what's doing it for you like honestly i'm learning so much about you today like yeah. you know i would have been like hey don't touch my man i would have been thinking mind when we get back to wherever we're going i'm gonna ghost this guy because yeah. this is weird as shit that weird little dance was creepy it was give <laughs> murder you later like yes what? and somehow part of me is able to overlook it <laughs> And I'm glad you say that because anybody who got roped in by a baby, I was like, oh, you kind of deserve it because you're a creep. So, you know, yeah. like, I don't know, Matt, maybe. <laughs> that's true because that disarming innocence too the type of man who can't deal with adult women would be hooked by that shit. So, <laughs> Matt. Raise my hand. Right. Can you really be surprised you go on a murder ride after that? Like, <laughs> Did you all see this when it came out or mm -hmm. roughly around the time that it came out? Yes. Roughly around. Yeah. It for me holds up just because it's all practical and, and there's no CG in it. I like. I like that about yes. it. Yes. And it's dense. Like the set is really dense. There's something to see on pretty much every corner of the screen. You know, if you're looking behind there, even the junk in the background has kind of like funny or grotesque stuff going on. So I like that too. Despite the fact that there aren't that many special effects, the set is very special. Like there's a lot going on. And I agree with you, Elle, about the aesthetics to a T. I mean, it's 80s camp in mm -hmm. the early 2000s. So I thought the execution was great. I can't agree with that more. I don't want to forget to just mention how awesome that shot is of Otis when he's got the gun to that cop's head and we go like full aerial and it seems like it takes 10 minutes and it's probably like 35 seconds, but that's that very nice. Yeah, that whole you know, scene. You have a lot of time to think as the character. So you know it's coming. I mean, like, oh, don't put your gun down. Try to run away. I mean, this is not the kind of man to negotiate with. Stop saying help. Those mm -hmm. kind of things. So it creates some anxiety that I think is good. Right before that, when the beautiful way that the father dies and falls into the mud, it's like choreography <laughs> almost. Like, they, they did that so well. Oh, I mean, if you watch his uh, Rob Zombie's, like, you know stage setup and his his concerts and stuff i mean he's so theatrical about mm -hmm. everything i mean it translates really well when he went and took it to the big screen i think maybe some of the dialogue choices are a little bit like you know leave a little bit to be desired and stuff but like you said the atmosphere is there i mean it's just i liked this movie actually just probably just about as much as i did when i originally watched it i liked it too it was mm -hmm. solid i mean you're not going to be sentimentally moved you know mm. by a rob zombie film unless i don't know something sentimental happened at a really creepy camp part of your life but <laughs> i just feel like knowing that is fun it's almost like the ride in the convenience store gas station chicken shop you don't know what you're gonna get but you know it's a shop of horrors mm -hmm. so it's enjoyable it did bring back some memories from that time that i got turned into a weird seal monster but i mean i was that able to get past it yeah well, 
Well, we don't know. We can't see your legs, so I don't know. I mean, I've gone full squid mode at this point. So yeah, what? They go to that Captain Spaulding's place for fried chicken and gasoline, and they go on that little like tour ride there. It's pretty yeah. interesting. I mean, there were so many outs for these people. That's the other thing is like you can't even feel terrible because I mean, the murder ride thing, the vibes in that place with Captain Spaulding, as cool of a character as he is, that would have been off. I would have been the fuck out immediately. I'm not going on the murder ride. It was cool though. Even like the catch and release that they pull later on when they end up fixing the tire on their car and they're like gonna let them mm -hmm. go, but then they just block them at the gates. It's fucking great. They really could have gotten away if they had tried to get away Way in a way that wasn't just please let me go right. you know the guy at the gas station wasn't fucking around he was you know if he hadn't drawn them the map they probably would have kept driving and he said a bunch of times no no you don't, don't want to go, go. <laughs> you don't want to go if a guy like that is telling me it's going to be more than i can handle after trying to disgust and scare me in his back room i'm not going if it's more than that like i'm definitely not going so i'm with you <laughs> I mean, we just told you about Dr. Satan. Yeah, not a guy I want to meet. Maybe Satan, but Dr. Satan? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, he'd probably be pretentious as fuck. Yeah, bad handwriting. Oh. It's, not, it's not only the Lord of the Underworld, he's also a doctor. There were lots of opportunities. Really, like, if my car breaks down and I'm, like, in some weird... I'm I'm trying to walk back to Captain Spaulding's place and call back to society, but I think the men were following some other directional pole they weren't thinking properly heron black man gotta love her playing mother firefly yeah We're talking about these characters and then the grandpa grandpa hugo he looked like a werewolf or something with those mutton chops <laughs> they <laughs> had mutton chops too that like yeah. connect to his hair it was giving unwashed <laughs> yeah not good so i noticed that. i was like oh they got the father son hair thing going what was the big guy's name tiny yeah <laughs> tiny and it, there's that trope of like a captive uh appealing to like the most vulnerable member of the family or the group that's holding them and tiny does he lets her go and he's just eating cereal out of a yeah, dog bowl it's so great he's like Mer all right, I'll let you go. It's just doesn't care. But then Otis grabs her, of course, and throws her into that cage with things that grab. I I don't know what ha was happening there. Like I would have liked a little bit more elaboration. I'll tell you exactly what happens right there. An orgy we didn't get to see because that is the only way to explain why we see her later totally unscathed after all of these people in the cage descend upon her. So they must have descended upon her to like make sweet love or something because. They definitely didn't eat her as implied because we see her later mm -hmm. intact. I mean, she's running for her life later. So I thought about that too. I was like, wait, that should have been the end of her. Through in the cage, there was at least three of those, whatever, Dr. Satan monsters. Yeah. Is that they what they are? I was under the, you know, impression that they were cannibals. So mm. I was like, oh, she's about to get eaten. But then she didn't get eaten. So I guess they just cuddled for warmth. I don't know. Didn't they change her clothes after that, too? Like, maybe they were just wardrobe. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Hair and makeup came in really quick. Okay, great. And let's talk about those four cheerleaders. Is that where he has the great line, did somebody hurty your feelings? The cheerleaders, I don't know. It seemed a little superfluous, except for the one in the trunk. That's yeah. a treat or trick. I don't know. Trunk I guess or treat? 
that even little cheerleaders are not getting out of this situation and nobody's father is willing to come and look for them. So look what happens. You talk about losing face. Okay. So that is kind of the question that, that hangs over everything. Like why, why are we doing this? And the thing of it is, is it seems like sometimes things happen that make it so there's like no way he's using that corpse afterwards for art um the way that that they end up dying but i guess maybe more of them are down in that dungeon with with the mini spider doctor guy too like i don't know that's the other thing which one is actually dr satan the wet toad guy or the spider guy Uh, i think the spider guy yeah who's the wet toad guy that's a good question (laughs) true yeah i don't know because he's got the the symbolic red eyes i asked myself that too and then who's hatchet guy Mm. like with mouth Pus out of the mouth guy. They never even mentioned him. Just some of his many creations. <laughs> There's just a lot of guys here to keep track just, of. Just a lot of <laughs> fucked up guys here. Yeah. I almost expected them to do like a, because they showed us the serial killer spiel in the gas station. Oh, Ed. <laughs> and you know manson or whatever expected them to say like oh this is you know that guy but they were totally unrecognizable so i don't know steampunk murderers in the back room i guess the other thing is is to get to get to that that's like in a crypt because they go through all this shit with the family several of them die or get fucked up and it's just down to chris hardwick and the like final girl and they get put into a a coffin and lowered into this wet pit with a bunch of dead-eyed looking motherfuckers down there that are like pulling them out eating them i guess but we see that chris hardwick ends up in dr spider's chair so yeah and the girl i think her name is mary she ends up escaping through like in a very like texas chainsaw 2 like manner i mean she doesn't do that cool like stretch dance with the chainsaw afterwards but at the end they just show her like climbing out of the ground which i don't know how you found that exit but it's it's fine it works what that hand out of the ground reminded immediately brought me back to was john carpenter's vampires because in john carpenter's vampires they sleep underground when they're not like in a nest they'll show the hand coming out from underground it's also like very like classic zombie movie type of visual so i think it was an aesthetic choice And they did have kind of zombie-like creature people whatever things going on down there. So mm-hmm. maybe it's it was, it got her or not. Is she herself or not? So her name was Mary? No, I, I think that was actually Denise now that I read the synopsis, okay. guys. I think Mary's the one that baby killed. Okay. Uh, okay first of all mary she was not playing it smart i'm not surprised she got got the way she did but Mm -hmm. denise i kept thinking of her as dana the whole time i don't know if you guys have seen the l word the acclaimed lesbian show of the century but she was dana a lesbian nice Mm. you also mentioned like all these different creatures and it just makes me think of night of the demons where like maybe there's like one demon but there's definitely zombies definitely vampires and i think i saw at least one Judd. Is this one of Walton Goggins 
first appearances mm-hmm. i mean he had to have been in some stuff before this right which one's that he's the guy that ended up being on like the righteous gemstones and shit and justified the guy with the big forehead and the, the real cop. white teeth the other cop yeah oh oh familiar he's face. a former child star is what it says i'm glad that it ended <laughs> with star hence the teeth yeah, it makes sense. It checks out. So there's that. They give that little dance in that little comedy show that the grandpa gives, which is highly inappropriate. And like the guys are loving it. The girls are hating it. Baby has a little confrontation with, doesn't that other girl call her like a whore or something? <laughs> yes, like, I will fucking you i was like girl hush sit down he is not worth it (laughs) not rain wilson no way not 40 year old rain wilson playing a fucking teenager i know i'm like you cannot grow enough bang to hide that hairline we see it not grow enough pork chop sideburns to hide that hairline we still see it so yeah i was thinking that i was like there is no way he does not already have like five kids in this movie or something i mean yeah he was looking kind of old but they all did. None of them look like teenagers, so. It's that Hollywood trope. It's just always, you got a 25-year-old playing a fucking 16-year-old. It's absurd. Probably the most famous note of it would be Luke Perry in 90210. It is better than child labor, but, like, get a young haircut. I don't know. Get a young haircut. Well, put a wig on him. You put one on Otis, like. A true. <laughs> true. <laughs> Yeah, they should have. And I don't know, his character was kind of lackluster anyway. I was expecting, I don't know, something funnier, I guess. But that's probably through the lens of the things he did way after this movie, so. Well, like, none of them had any practical, like, skills or like ability to fight or like put up any kind of resistance it felt like i can't believe it's all from the dick i just can't believe that all comes from wanting to bang baby like i you have to have some survival mechanism in there guy i mean especially when they're walking in you see all those dolls bye yeah and she's like oh i just like to cut their heads and and arms and legs off I would try to do the laugh, but it's not going to sound right. I can't. You know, I agree. I don't think it's all from Dick. I think, well, technically, maybe it's all from the same source. But, you know, I feel like some of it, too, is just sexism and superiority. They're like, you know what? No matter how creepy this gets, this is just some girl, you know, like that kind of thing. Like, she's not going to stab me, please. I'm a curioso. I'm writing a article on dumb shit, you know, like, especially Rain Wilson's character, had a real sense of like journalistic integrity about all this weirdo shit. It's like, you're just a voyeur, you know, like mm-hmm. that's it. So I think that was a part of it that they felt like, well, this is not going to be more than I can handle. I've seen a lot of weird shit. Okay. Excuse me. You know, they felt like they had been looking at those places across the country and were curating weird experiences and thusly didn't need to be afraid for their own physical safety, which is idiocy. And I got one question too. Rain Wilson, his character, I don't I don't recall his name, but did he steal Brody Bruce's jacket from Mallrats? Yeah, that's totally his jacket. Could have <laughs> used a Dr. Satan in there killing Ben Affleck. The thing about what Mel was saying, though, with like him just being able to be like, oh, I can handle this. That should have been out the window as soon as they saw Rufus, though, because that guy looks like he does pro wrestling, like as a side hobby. The continued foolishness, there was no like visual drug use or anything, but I they just kind of acted like a couple of chuckle fuck stoners. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's ludicrous. I mean, 
I guess they're leaning on their interest in the macabre for them to continue down this journey. But I mean, it's a loose thread at best to propel this story. I guess you got to go with it. I think that that's where like I saw the weakness in this was like the plot and the way that some of it unraveled. And again, you know, kind of like the tropes, some of it was funny, the way that they leaned into it, but they were able to kind of prop everything up on the fact that this family and whatever the fuck all the little monster guys around them were were so fucking weird that it was very engaging yeah and we're just we're leaning heavily on sherry moon and bill mosley on in this i mean and Mm -hmm. karen black i mean we're just leaning so hard on them and they fucking deliver so what would you uh, guys funniest part of the movie just curious since you brought up funny moments i mean i just love that bow tie i'm in the same vein of conversations i think when he was talking to the cops they came to show him the picture of the missing girl and he kept snorting in the middle of the conversation that was hilarious he would be like (laughs) and he had on that shirt yes the shirt that's what i was Mm -hmm. gonna say just like that shirt alone captain spaulding has some fucking amazing lines in his delivery is i mean he's by far the funniest character without a doubt those were the funniest parts for me too so i guess we can agree that his character was the comic relief well the other thing that i would say is kind of amusing is when tiny lets her go and he's just sitting there eating that cereal and it's just all coming down his face when otis looks at and like glares at him he just shrugs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's eh, completely yeah. indifferent <laughs> i like waves bye to her too because she kept saying i'm gonna go home now yep, i'm gonna like... be now he's bye i mean like that was pretty hilarious too i mean you wonder if he just knows she's she's not going anywhere you know like try as you may or if he really doesn't give a shit if she gets away probably's combo of both i would guess yeah i mean he doesn't seem like he's had the best life i would not have believed that fire story though i'd be like i'm sorry but fire doesn't do that throw some other no. shit on and it's not surprising that it could be incestuous shit going on because of that disgusting intro about Hugo. Uh, Remember that he did the intro for Baby's like circus song and it was all about fucking your mother? Just mm-hmm. crazy. Uh, I would have been like, you guys, let's get out of here. I mean, gross. Yeah, she thinks she gets away. I remember watching a few more of his movies. It seems like that's kind of how he likes to end a movie is like fake you out. Think that there is going to be like some kind of escape, but there really isn't. And it works here. But like, I I think that as soon as you see who's picking her up, you don't expect anything else. Right, right. It's got real uh, Voorhees vibes from the first film, too. It's just the way he pops out of the water. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Just popping right out of the backseat. Yeah. I would be kind of disappointed if she actually got away, though, because I like the vibe of this movie and a lot of other Rob Zombie movies that's violence for the sake of violence. I mean, madness and chaos for the sake of it. Hilarity for the sake of hilarity. I mean, it's never, oh, because you wronged me in a past situation or we're haunted by a ghost or anything. It's really all just for the sake of violence and chaos in camp. And And don't get away from that. There's no reasoning behind it. She keeps asking, why are you doing this? 
and they just like laugh in her face you know it's not even a sociopath they're just all psychopaths because they care about their family for the sake of it so yes nobody gets away from that or to it like dr spaulding or you die i love in his later films when zombie starts to bring in richard brake and shit richard brake just brings a fucking stoicism to a role like he played the chemist in mandy uh he was also in Mm -hmm. barbarian he plays that the guy who like kidnaps that girl and stuff getting richard brake to work is fucking a good idea in my book he is very in on this aesthetic that rob zombie's doing here priceless it's perfect so we're at the point in the podcast where we should probably give our chud i'll go last i'll go first i will give this i think this is a fair score 3.5 fair i gotta give it three you know i'm on board from beginning to end which is a big feat in camp for me so i liked it it was solid there was a ton to look at you know i'm not gonna sit down and analyze the plot I'm definitely with you guys. I think I maybe liked it a little less, but I can definitely give it a three. I think that just the aesthetic alone and the way that they decided to tell the story artistically was interesting enough that I can forgive the rest of it. It is a little edgelordy though. But the music, if you notice in the background, was very lyrical. You know, Mm. there were a lot of lyrics that were going along with the scene. Uh, I liked that, you know, a little raw, fuck you in the back. It was cool. Solid three. Yeah. That was fun. All right, guys. So uh, you can find this podcast on the internet at ghostinthemagazine.site. You can find us on Twitter at GITM Podcast. You can find me at Nocturnical. You can find me at Hedda underscore Mel. I think I got one on there still, but I just (laughs) don't check it. So you, you can't find me. Uh, Thanks for listening, you beautiful people. Okay, bye.